Good Evans, it's a Bobcast. Welcome to episode 35. It's another COVID edition, part five now in my series with regular guest and good friend Josh Pike. How y'all doing? Are things beginning to feel a bit more normal again or are you still right in the thick of it? Me? Well, things are a little more normal in one respect because both of my kids are back at school every day, so no more homeschooling for me. Uh, In another respect, everything is still a bit weird as we continue to play this really long waiting game of watching and finding out when these further restrictions start to ease and what that might mean in terms of gatherings indoors as well as outdoors. My record, the one that I finished recording just as this whole pandemic situation took hold and everything started getting cancelled, is currently being mixed, which is very exciting. So that is also giving me a feeling of forward momentum. (laughs) It's just slow. It's just so slow. Um, And I know people must be getting really frustrated out there with with that, but still, we just got to keep on hanging in there, I guess. I hope that if you're listening to this and you, you may be out of work or facing you know, whatever the myriad of difficulties that this situation is throwing up for people in all different situations and circumstances. I hope you're hanging in there and finding a way through it all. Uh, As always, big thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed this podcast on iTunes. It's very much appreciated um, and it really helps. And also, too, thank you to everyone who has written in to me at my email address, which is goodevansbobcast. That's just goodevansbobcast, all lowercase, at gmail.com. Josh and I are going to get through a bunch of your emails in the second half of this episode. So let's get into it. Uh, This is episode 35, COVID special, part five, with Josh Pike on Good Evans, It's a Bobcast. Hey Josh, how you going? I'm good, man. You know, swings and roundabouts, swings and roundabouts. It's become my my constant catchphrase. It has become a bit of your a catchphrase. Um, tell me, uh, it's been it's all. I think it's been another month since we last chatted. Almost. Yeah, must be thereabouts. Yeah. Um, so, um, how's how have you been? How have you been? been keeping pretty good i mean it's it's definitely uh still strange times and there's still so much uncertainty that that's that's the thing that's kind of keeping me up at night still um creatively it's been great i've been you know my kids are back at school so the last time we spoke mm. kids were just about to go back to school or maybe they just started um so yeah creatively i've actually had time to do stuff for the first time in three four months which has been awesome so i kind of felt like there was like a backlog of stuff that i wanted to do including you know some some of my kids book stuff that i some drafts that i was trying to finish and and fun stuff like that um shooting film clips being able to actually go outside and shoot film clips um we went away for a weekend with another family wow this last weekend which was it was huge and it was it was great it was really good 
Um, so definitely you some, go? some highlights. We Where'd went, you go? What did you do? We went to Kangaroo Valley and we stayed in a, in a yep. house there and um, we have both families have kids similar ages. So the kids just played in the creek all day and we drank wine and nice. cooked nice food and it was delightful. Although I've got to say, I definitely suffered some uh, social anxiety leading into it. I was like, do I, do I still remember how to actually talk to people <laughs> yes we kind of threw ourselves yeah. in the deep end like going away for a weekend with, <laughs> um but it was great it was really fantastic what about you what are the what have been the positives um the positives well i guess it's it's been interesting because um yes both the kids so now both the kids are back at school and to be honest like i had this idea that um when we next chatted right i had which is now <laughs> i had this idea <laughs> That I was gonna start the um start the podcast with like the with like literally opening a uh, champagne bottle, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um strangely it's it's been interesting because like I found that now that both the kids are at school, so there is a there's an aspect of normality that has come back into life again with them being at school and that sort of routine of normalcy. But I'm finding myself now even more confronted with the fact that my own personal situation is still very much yes. kind of yeah. all over the place. So, like, and I and I honestly, I, I, I wasn't expecting that. I honestly thought it, would, it was going to feel a lot better, but it actually feels kind of weird because at least looking back on it now, when I was doing all the homeschooling stuff, you know, as challenging as that was at times, and it was also really great at times, it, it there was, uh, even though it was a very different routine, I just kind of replaced one routine with another. And, yeah. Um, and that did give me, you know, some kind of day-to-day yeah. kind of guidance, you know. And yeah. now that that's gone, it's like, oh, shit, I'm back on my own, but it's like, well, you know, um, what a, what do I do? And and so I had the most frustrating day today. Oh, do I, tell. So this is so, the this is the roundabouts uh, part of swing swings and roundabouts, is it? Yeah. Okay. So the swing is the up, and the roundabout is the down. I guess that, so. Or you get dizzy works. on a roundabout, and they were people. The people got injured on them so much that you'll notice that they've removed them from all public parks. So That's yeah, true. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like um, so, like bitumen. Um, <laughs> yes. So, uh, so, so. Tomorrow morning, and this will have already happened by the time people hear this, but um, tomorrow morning um, I, I'm doing this thing on air for ABC in Melbourne. Their breakfast show is Sammy J, and it just came up out of the blue literally a couple of days ago. Hey, do you want to um, check in and say good day and perform a song? And I was like, yeah, great. Okay, um, do you want me to come in down to the studio? And they were like, oh, no, we can't have any guests in the studio yet. Um <laughs> Because I know, stupidly, I thought that maybe with social distancing, that sort of thing would be fine, but it's not. It's not. Um, so they're like, there's this app that I have to download on my phone that's like that wires your phone straight into the um, ABC Studio desk. Yes, I, I also have that app. <laughs> okay, so you've used this. I right? have, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you can help me out here because <laughs> I have spent the whole fucking day trying to work out how I can record a microphone and use my headphones in through my iPhone. Oh, the and fucking... That's the Apple iPhone no uh, no separate headphone jack thing, right? It's been dragging me so badly. So I, you know, did a bit of research online and then... No, I live in Ocean Grove and one of the... Um, 
one of the sort of um I guess one of the prices you pay for living right on the beach is that you also live far away from pretty much everything else. So, um, so I don't, I don't. It's not. I can't just kind of you know cr- cruise down to the main street and um, buy you know very specific bits of audio equipment, right? Yeah. I have to you know it's a half, it's a one hour round trip for me to uh, get into Geelong and back, um, which I did to pick up this adapter thing that I thought would solve all my problems as it turns out it didn't solve my problems <laughs> still doesn't work and i and then so then i had to do another trip back in there right at the end of the day just the kids were coming back from school i was supposed to be cooking dinner i was like saying to krista my wife oh, you know still got to sort this situation out she's like just go back down to the j car or whatever so i did and look long story short still don't have it sorted out and um so tomorrow, you know, it's just like I'm just going to have to do it just through my phone without a that's, nice mic or whatever. Yeah, and, that's what I did. And I'm just like, yeah. And, and then, yeah, then I was just thinking as I was driving home, I'd work myself up into such a fucking tears about it. And I was thinking, am I just like totally overreacting about this? Like, am I like fussing way more about this than I would under normal circumstances? Like... It's literally just like a 10-minute chat to ABC and a performance of a song, something that I've done a million times before. And maybe, and, and of course I want it to be good, but like maybe under normal circumstances, I would just, I would just kind of take it just as like yeah. as, it, as it comes, you know. Just, I've never known you to be a particularly fussy man when it comes to like technology and no. microphone choices and stuff like that. <laughs> it's, this is true. This is true. And... Um, and I and I'm, so now I'm just wondering, like, is this just you know a sign of my uh, mental stress levels? Okay, oh, dude. On, <laughs> honestly, the o- over dramatization of or catastrophization of things is is pretty real. It's a pretty real um, symptom of you know a- a underlying long term stress. I don't not don't want to sound like a fucking doctor, but but you know that's no, that's what I need. I need I, I need a little bit of Josh Blake therapy tonight. <laughs> I mean, I, like to give you an example, when when all this COVID stuff kicked in, I spent like literally forty eight hours of my time, not consecutively, but over a couple of days, yeah. um, trying to figure out pretty much the exact same thing. And I and I like <laughs> I ordered this. Um, it was a, a Roland product called a Mix Go or something thing online to fix this exact problem and I, I didn't even use it in the end because yeah. at, in the end like the there was a delay in postage because of COVID and so I had to find other solutions in the meantime and I just used what I had and it was completely fine and this was like when I was starting to try and do all those chats with mates things um, and, right. and in the end you know like the, the simplest solution was the, the best one and with the ABC app I'll tell you what I what I did was I just had my headset in during the chat and then I just took the headset out and put the phone on the table and played the guitar into the right. phone microphone. That's what I was that's what I was thinking I might do. Yes. Okay, well that's good to know. I mean it, yeah. it's not like that, the it's not like the um bloody sound quality for those live things, you know, when you're doing it in the TARDIS for people listening at home, when you're doing interviews remotely in the ABC studio. So say you're in Melbourne and you're doing an interview for ABC Queensland, you go into the studios and you go into these little booths that they call the TARDIS. And, um, you know, you and I would have done millions of those. And it's not like the audio quality for that is ever amazing anyway. So, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't stress about it, man. Yeah, and, uh, I'm not stressing about it as so much now because I've had a glass of wine. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, too, part of me is just kind of, just kind of, well, not, I, I, should, I don't want to 
it sounds bad to say I've given up, I, but but I've just I've given in. I've just given into it, and Ex- I've just let's, gone. Let's call it I'm, acceptance. I've lost. Yes, I've I've accepted it for what it is, and and after doing a little bit of um, self kind of analysis, I yeah, I feel like maybe I've just maybe I'm just losing a bit of perspective on things, and uh, and I'm and I'm fussing way too much over this one little thing. But having not really done a a great amount of work in terms of like, I mean, the only type of work that I've done in the last three months is writing. Um, uh, I've done, there's been a couple of little streaming gigs, but um, but yeah, I mean, maybe it's just like, because I've have done so little work over the last few months, when something like this comes up, I'm like, you know, elevating it. I'm elevating it in my, Got to get in my right. head to me yeah. it's way more of a big deal than it probably does, you know, should be. But look, you know, I'm sure. Sp- speaking of um, like trying to get sound right and everything in this in this kind of streaming environment, I, I remember at the beginning of these um, podcasts, things that you and I have been doing, you had been on the Delivered Live thing, right, down in Victoria. Mm. And I, and I yep. did one a couple of weeks ago. Um, and How'd you find it? Well, I thought the production itself was absolutely outstanding, like so good. Hang on, where did you where did you do it? In a in a studio in Sydney. Ah, oh, um, okay. so they they set up another one in Sydney, so they had they could get Sydney artists right. to do it as well. Um, oh, okay, cool. And I just I thought the production was excellent. Like in terms mm. of, it made me kind of realize that you know somebody could definitely take up the mantle of of a. Um, of a music television show and just have it on t- on YouTube or whatever instead of waiting for totally. a, a network to do it. Because especially because that's what I found with, yeah, doing Delivered and then, you know, watching a few of them sort of directly after I did mine. Because, like, you know, so, so many people now have got YouTube as an app on their TV and totally. stuff. So yeah. it, 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 I found, because I, yeah, I, the week after I did it, because I did the very first week and the week after I did it, I, was like okay i'm gonna um like buy a ticket and like make a night of it watch watch it on tv and have a beer and um you know kind of try to see what just really lean into the being a punter for it and just experience that which was really fun and yeah it was totally like watching a a a late night abc music tv show you know henry wag henry wagon's hosting does a is you know perfect for that role and and yeah i agree the production quality all around was excellent the thing that I did notice, though, was, um, you know, like, so the one that I did was probably the eighth or ninth week or maybe even more. But um, mm. what I did find, and I found this doing the Chats with Mates stuff as well, is at the beginning of this whole period, all of us, myself included, and, you know, artists and punters alike really kind of jumped on and embraced the whole streaming side of things to support the arts but also because you know it was something to do in this period and i've noticed that um even before things kind of opened back up and restrictions had totally eased i do feel like there's a bit of a fatigue with yeah all of that stuff which is yeah it's just classic human nature isn't it at the beginning of this thing everyone's like wow streaming streaming shows and concerts is is amazing this is going to be the way of the future this is a great new way for artists to you know, get exposure and da da da, and then like six yeah. six six weeks later, everyone's like, "Yeah, it's not it's not that it's not that great," which is kind of kind of what I feel. It's kind of made me really take an audit of what is what is what works and what doesn't in in at least my career. And I'm telling you, man, like there's nothing that replaces 
live shows. I mean, I'm telling you in the sense yeah. that I'm saying it, but I know you know this. Um, yeah, live shows are just. Tell me, tell me again. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Tell one me more over time. and over. <laughs> live, live performance is is just the best you know like emotionally spiritually and financially for an artist it's it's the <laughs> the way we can survive you know it's really i like that i like that could be another josh like fraser <laughs> emotionally spiritually and financially yeah, just covering <laughs> covering all bases there but which leads to the next uh thing that you might have some intel on as well is all okay. these these um Restriction easing stuff. So Victoria's a, a bit. Di- you're in Victoria, obviously. I'm in New South Wales. Our two state governments have had kind of different approaches to it. New South Wales is really starting to open up. We're having like sports stadiums. Um, you know, at sort of two, two, three thousand people are allowed into sporting mm. stadiums as long as they keep the social distancing. What's what's happening in Victoria? Because you guys have been a bit more conservative with that stuff. Well, we have, and I think with you know pretty good reason. I mean. Uh, New cases are still. I mean, we're not in the same situation in Victoria, certainly as like WA and South Australia, Northern Territory, and those places that have literally gone uh, well. But I think like days, if not weeks, without new cases. And um, Victoria still is having quite a few new cases popping up each day. So I think the conservative approach is reasonable. Um, I think that they with the they with the footy. Starting here the other week, I think they let did they let people come into the stadium. Then I'm not really sure. Maybe that was just in Adelaide that they did that. Um, but it's interesting because they um, they reckon that because I always kind of thought at the beginning of all of this that the large scale outdoor festivals would be the last thing that come on come back. Mm. Right? Yeah, um, and that you know your small venues of you know once it got to a hundred two hundred people in small venues we'd be back in action, but. Now I'm not so sure because um, I'm hearing now that like the small venues are actually maybe the worst places because the virus in outdoors doesn't transmit uh, as much. Have the yeah. Same, yeah, levels of transmission. Now we just had all the um, those protests that happened um, over the last week or two. The uh, Black Lives Lives Matter protests happened all over Australia. And that was, you know, 10, 11 days ago now. If there was going to be outbreaks directly linked or related to those protests, we'd probably be starting to see them by now. Mm. Yeah, it's so it's always been... I know I'm, I, 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 I'm not Norman Swan, even though I, with that little spiel, I sound like I'm trying to be. But um, I'm just going on what I've, yeah, what I've been hearing experts and people say. And um, yeah, apparently by 10 or 11 days since those protests, because that's what a lot of people were concerned about that a lot of people kind of uh, a lot of people kind of weaponize that idea to 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 be against the protest but it's it seems like uh that at this stage there hasn't really been any noticeable i think there was like one in victoria that um somebody tested positive that had attended the rally but there hasn't been a, a noticeable kind of outbreak that people were fearing yeah i think yeah i think for a while they've been saying the you know, indoor space is the most dangerous. Um, but the the other thing is, even in a um, protest like that, I mean, you could see in the pictures everyone was wearing masks, and I think people were pretty cognizant of the of the the, the risks. Whereas, yeah. you know, and in the stadiums, they're gonna everyone, you know, they'll fill sort of every fourth seat, so that's fine. But if you seated, so yeah, yeah. That's, they've got a little bit more scope to kind of be um, socially distant. 
Yeah, but if you're a bit more exact if, about it, if you're playing in a 300 capacity room, unless you're going to play to 50 people, which just doesn't make any sense for the venue or the or the artist i'm still facing the same issue in that i've got these shows coming up in october and they're sold out which is a great problem to have except that i can't play them at this point because Mm. obviously 300 people in a 300 capacity room you can't do social distancing and i it's it's a problem that i can't see how it's going to be overcome until until they get rid of social distancing and that seems like a long way off so are you Wow, yeah. So, I mean, October was, you know, there's still a little bit of time and um, it sounds like uh, the, you know, various um, premiers around the place are committed to this a date in July where there will be the sort of next stage of easing of restrictions. August, September, October, you know, you've got to, still got a bit of time, but yeah, I mean, so what do you, what do you put your, I mean, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to put, put any pressure on you or for to cast any doubt uh to people listening who have got tickets to those shows but <laughs> what 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 kind of a percentage would you put on uh your chance of how are you feeling about them happening what if you if you're a betting I, man I, josh i don't know i mean i'm personally i don't i just I, I, I don't know because things can change i mean we saw how things change so rapidly and then we saw how the restrictions are being eased at a quicker rate than we thought I, I do know that like the new south wales government has just announced a thing i think even just today it might have been called um great southern nights which is yeah new south wales government is actually helping to subsidize regional new south wales gigs um throughout oz music month which is november Fantastic. um which is a great initiative so it it seems like you would imagine if they're behind something like that then the government would be thinking that by November things might be back to normal. Although yeah. I did see a caveat in their in their um in the document saying you know that they'll be that it, it'll they'll be subject to social distancing where required or whatever. Yeah. But that that kind of initiative is fantastic and that would indicate that they think that by November. But you know October, I don't know, man. I don't know. It could be a stretch. I you know one thing I've thought of is if if social distancing is still in place, I could do two shows. Uh, at each venue, so like a matinee and a and a nighttime one. I don't know. I don't know if people would have an appetite for that, to be honest. Um, look, just 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 thinking out loud here, just spitballing. Okay, um, here we go. Yeah, here but, we go. Um, but bit of Bob uh, Evans wisdom. Here we go. What about, how about um, an evening with Josh Pike and Bob Evans at the, <laughs> the drive-in? Because oh, totally, there's man. been no. some shows popping up at drive-ins that look like uh, they've already happened. Uh, I, I think there's at least, I think Hockey Dad may have done one. They did. Um, they did a, a zombie-themed one, which I thought was totally brilliant. So um, that stuff is happening, and it, it's, and it's again, like um, kind of like you were saying, I guess, at the start of like the streaming gigs and stuff, when people do come up with new ideas that have got a real novelty value to them, people, you know, it is it, it, it does uh, excite people. So... I, I'm okay. I'm just going to put it out there. Josh Pike, and even Josh Pike and Bob Evans at the drive-in Christmas show. Oh, Christmas by Christmas, <laughs> we won't need to do a show at the drive-in. That's the the point. Like that's I I thought about the um bloody dri- at the drive-in shows ages ago. Like a friend of mine who played on my record, Stephanie Zarkos. She's a brilliant uh, violinist, and she sent me a she's she's French, and she sent me a 
message saying, oh, these people are doing this in France. You guys should should jump on it. And I emailed my booking agent and, and they were like, he was like, yeah, this is something that's happening. Definitely keep it in mind. But we had all these shows booked by yeah. that point. And by the time we could have like actioned that, we'd either be, we'd either be sort of screwing over the guys that had already bought tickets to my yeah. shows in October or um, or if we tried to do it after that, we'd be like, oh, by that time you don't need <laughs> an at the drive-in show, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's 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 true. It's hard to. I mean, I think that's one thing that it's actually you know a good segue into into something else that's been going on is you know th- the amount of time and forethought that goes into uh, putting together a show or, or a tour is it's not you can't just do it like that. I don't mm. know if you could hear me click then. Let me do it. Yeah, again. No, you like can't it. just do it like. Like that. Could you hear like, that? Like that. Like like that. No, you can't. No. You can't? You can't? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's one of the big issues that um, the industry is going to face coming out of this thing. And and APRA and the PPCA and a couple of other industry bodies put a uh, an open letter out to um, the government to to say to lobby for what we need for an exit strategy basically and Mm. um and and it was pretty well received i think so we'll see what happens in the next next time we speak maybe there'll be a a a result on that but the reality is like when you when you're booking a tour or when you're promoting a show you you need to start selling tickets you know three four months out from the show um in order in order to get that happening and we don't know what the landscape's going to be in three or four months so it's very hard to kind of to jump on those things and that's something that's kind of I've really only noticed in the last sort of few years, certainly it's very different from 20 years ago when I first started touring, is the the amount of lead time that people put in before tours start. Like like you say, like announcing tours like months and months beforehand has become mm. the norm now. Um, it used to be only like a month. Now it's like, yeah, three, four months. If they're really yeah. massive shows, it could be six months. Um, no, I, re- I remember that transition as well, and it's it's the same with releasing music. Um, you know, this is the, the the album that I'm sort of I'm in the process of releasing now is the first album where streaming has really been the main, the real main thing. The last right. one I did was five years ago, and streaming was still kind of relatively new. Mm. Um, and I and I notice now, we're like we're putting out we p- we're putting out like five. We'll, we will have put out five songs before the album comes yeah, out, and yeah. it's it's not just singles; it's like a song with you know a waterfall track or you know two b-sides and then two videos and what's a song um, with a, a song with a what track like a waterfall track is like when it's the equivalent of a b-side in the streaming world so you click on the on the main track so for instance my my song uh which one doubting thomas or whatever you click on that and underneath like a waterfall like a beautiful trickling waterfall at f- the the other song waterfalls ah, down really? and, and is revealed so that's kind of like a b it's kind of like a b-side right and that um nice yeah, it's a it's a waterfall B side, um, but you know, I, I was shocked when the, my label was telling me why this what the strategy is, and for all any emerging musicians out there, apparently what the strategy is because I'm I'm an emerging musician in this current landscape. Um, the the strategy is that you release these tracks in order to get the algorithms fired up, so that by the time you release your album. The, the internet is primed for the release. Oh, my pretty God. Much. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Jesus Christ. See, I oh mean, God. hearing stuff like that just makes me go like, uh, I, I just, I know nothing anymore. <laughs> I know absolutely nothing anymore. I mean, like, uh, I, I, do, I do use Spotify a, quite a lot now. I think, um, 
probably in the last, maybe in, maybe 12 to 18 months ago, I, I probably, you know, Spotify became my main um, kind of listening device. Um, up until then, I was still just like, you know, buying stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, that's just that world of fucking algorithms and all that kind of shit. I, like, I mean, that's... I, don't, I just don't think I could ever. I just don't think I could ever fully uh, embrace that kind of that kind of thinking or that kind of world. That, well, you know, and if that be to my detriment, then so be it. But um, oh god, it just all sounds too complicated. Well, it's it is complicated, but it's also it it it's it does simplify things in a way. In that, so you know, you and I would have had this explained to us many times over the years, but. Uh, for those listening at home or in your car. Or and, and, but, well, no, and for me too, because, yeah, I probably has, have had this explained to me millions of times. I haven't li- <laughs> <laughs> I, I've just, like, stared out the window while it was happening. So, yeah, tell me again. It might come through. Well, you know, through. like, labels used to have all the clout. So, you sign to a major label, it means that you've got a real, a real shot at getting your songs on the radio and stuff like that because they can leverage, you know, one artist's success with an emerging artist so say you know you're you're dealing with pop music and you've got an emerging pop artist and you've got guy sebastian a a proven track record artist um releasing at a similar time radio you know a a label could say all right we've got um guy sebastian we're going to be putting a lot of money into advertising on your station um and you're going to support guy and we can bring guy in and do great interviews and stuff but you really need to support this emerging artist you know they, right. they used before that they used to be payola, which is illegal, so you can't yeah. pay people to play your tracks. So that's great, but there's definitely a bit of argy bargy and you know and um, you know promotion and all that kind of stuff, and that's fine. That's as it should be. But now, when you're basically everybody's on an even um, platform when you're submitting your songs to streaming services, particularly Spotify, there's it's meant to be the the democratization, you know, of uh, of music but what it also means is that say an artist that that does have all the infrastructure behind them in the sense of management upcoming tours um you know knowledge of how to do social media da, 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 um, they have equally as much chance of getting something on one of these big curated playlists as a bedroom dj with no infrastructure now on, wh- on one hand i think that's really great but on the other hand, it means that the, the, the person with no infrastructure isn't necessarily going to be able to turn that opportunity into something that will sustain them for a period of time, whereas the person with the track record now doesn't necessarily have the opportunity to get to, to have those kind of ins that they've mm. worked hard for. And it, it's hard because it's like, you know, you work, you, you work your whole life to develop a reputation and a level of experience that you think will hold you in good stead and it's it's not necessarily the case now I, again I, i'm always an advocate of of um getting rid of any kind of privilege for people and i completely acknowledge that what i've just said is basically saying you know i i would like to be um rewarded for my privilege but you know in the real world that we live in um these things uh, are happening and it's you know it's something that you have to adapt and, and confront and kind of move along with and it's it's definitely something that releasing this music in this climate has has given me a bit more clarity of because i'm paying way more attention to that exact 
you know, the minutiae of releasing music um, mm. because I'm not focused on touring at all at the moment. What? So it's, it's, very, it's very interesting, but it's, it's also, I always think with these things, geez, this is absolutely fascinating. If only my whole entire life wasn't wrapped up in this, I'd find this <laughs> just, just, just pretty entertaining. <laughs> what's, the, um, when's, what's the release date for your record? Uh, August 28th. And, oh. you know, and I, 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 shouldn't, I should say I'm not complaining at all. It's been, the, the songs have been really well received and people have been responding amazingly to them. And as always, it's made me feel incredibly grateful for my core fan base. Um, it's, just, it's just always, you know, you know what it's like, man. You put out music and it's like it's, you kind of feel like you're starting again every time. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like, yeah, this, my, my record's being mixed at, as we speak. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, I'll have, if the, depending on how things go, if, if the record doesn't come out this year, I'll have at least a song come out. But, um, yeah, it'll be four years since my last record. Um, is, that, in, is that right? Bloody hell. Yeah, I, I put out a, like a best of type thing in a couple of years ago, but proper studio record, yeah, it's been four years. Now, um, now, last time we spoke, you you had some exciting news that you weren't mentioning. Are you allowed to mention it now? Nah, not yet. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, it's not. I mean, it's it's probably more exciting for people like us than it is for maybe a lot of people listening to the to this podcast. If if you're not a musician, I mean, people don't really care about a lot of that stuff. I don't reckon. But anyway, oh, well, we'll have we'll have an offline talk about it. Let's um. Do you want to get stuck into the mailbag? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. takes opportunity to thank everybody who has been emailing and also to the people uh, who have uh, r- rated and reviewed on iTunes. Josh, you wouldn't know this, but um, um, in the time since we last spoke, there was a, well, uh, you know, I went on to iTunes just to, you know, have a little look at how everything was going. And, and now let me tell you also too that um, the uh, download numbers for our, before I tell you the bad news, this is the good news. The good news is... <laughs> That um the download numbers for these COVID specials that we've been doing have been above average. So um people above uh, average that is high praise, mate. So above people, average. Well, people are people are listening. So that's the good news. But then I saw on iTunes this guy had like given me a one star review because oh, what <laughs> because because I, I because I kept talking to you and he wanted some more. Uh, I guess he wanted a little bit more diversity in the guests. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> um, you know, just have a little think about the circumstances that everyone's living in at the moment. Um, we're all doing the best we can. And um, I Did just, you reply? No, no, well, you can't reply and um, whatever. Um, but Well, you're doing it now. It's like you're doing well, it now. Well, kind of, yeah, but only to the people who listen to this. 
Um, well, he he obviously listens to it, so you're applying to him. Well, uh, but, well, I hope he's enjoying this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not. He's not enjoying it because it's me again. But it's like but my analogy of that, right? That I that I when I was ranting about it because I, I put out a podcast a couple of weeks ago with a guy named Rowan Connolly. It was great. We just talked about footy. Um, and uh, uh, the analogy that I came up with was like, okay, if like, if, so, if some guy who doesn't have a job, right, is just like making cheese sandwiches every day, you know, he's just making cheese sandwiches just because he likes making cheese sandwiches and he's giving them away to people. And say you were like accepting these cheese sandwiches and going, ah, oh, cheese sandwich, great, free cheese sandwich. And this guy is just giving them out. And after like three of them, you're like, ugh, so sick of cheese sandwiches. Why doesn't this guy, like, do something different? Why, would you, like, complain about it or would you just, like, not eat the cheese sandwich and not keep taking them? You know, like, when, when, you're, when you're giving something away for free, <laughs> I just find it really, really funny that, um, that somebody could still find it within themselves to be so publicly critical. Um, but anyway, the, 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 the aftermath of that is that I have noticed that um, there have been a number of people that have, uh, that have answered my call um, or have taken pity on me um, and have made the effort to uh, give nice five-star um, positive reviews. And I just wanted to basically just say thank you for those people who did that. Um, all right. That's a Email. swing. That's a swing um, out of the swings and roundabouts. Okay. Oh, this is a long one. Um, this is from Eleanor. Um, okay. Well, look, I haven't sort of... Uh, this is quite long. I, I will also say too, if people, to, if you like to email, we love getting your emails and we do want to respond to them. But if you could keep them kind of a little bit truncated, that'd be great because, um, <laughs> hi Kev slash Bob and Josh. Thank you so much for your podcast during crazy COVID times. It's great to hear an insight into the world of musicians and support crew during unseen times. I value music so much in my life, and if I was down to my last $20, I would spend $16 on music and $4 on food. That's very, it's very exact. Very what's, specific. What, what's Good. the percentage on that, Josh? You're the numbers man. Uh, 28%. Hey? 20, 28, 28%. I think it's, isn't that like 80% on music? Anyway. I, I don't know. I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those people that still buy CDs, including buying a new Aussie music during ISO. Um, okay, uh, is there a question in amongst all this? I'm just going to see. Um, oh, um, it's been great to see live performances online. Thank you to you and Josh for explaining what it means to you to do live music during these times and that there is so much more to it than we mere mortals understand. Don't call yourself a mere mortal. It was also great to hear you both explain where you should draw the line at the amount of time you would perform for free before you, and rightly so, be paid for it. Um, yeah, I definitely noticed, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying before, um, the isolate thing, which um, was really great and we both participated in. Um, but it's the kind of thing that people can only really do one time, right? And I've seen yeah. the um, the lineups for those kind of shrinking and... It's interesting with the isolate thing. So I did a um, an interview on, you know, how we were talking briefly before about somebody should do, you know, an online proper television show. So Benjamin Law um, and co-host Ray um, have this great show called The Startup Show, which is an internet-only show. Uh, but it's super high quality. You know, it's like TV quality, but on the internet. Anyway, I was on that show with Emily Ullman, who did the, um, who's, who started Isolade. 
Um, okay. And talking a bit about all the streaming stuff and, and where to draw the line and all that. Mm. And what she pointed out about Isolade is um, that it's very much for... It, it, the idea about it was for um, equality and diversity. So it's like giving... Um, a, a forum to kind of people that would otherwise not have a forum. So she was more using Isolate to have, you know, say someone like Missy Higgins or, you know, or, you know, Missy Higgins did it, you did it, I did it, beside an artist that has maybe only played two or three gigs in their lives to kind of mm-hmm. use to show that yeah. the streaming thing could be, um, you know, it was about access as well, you know. So the streaming thing could be for uh, for artists that, find it hard to perform either because of mental health or distance or whatever and also for Mm -hmm. punters that find it difficult to get to gigs because of distance or potentially disability or mental health issues and stuff like that so i didn't actually realize that that was an underlying focus of isolate and Mm. it it does make a hell of a lot more sense as a long-term model when you think about that and the other thing is she was like i she, she said you know absolutely artists should get paid for um for putting on concerts in the same way that, you know, promoters should get paid for promoting concerts and she has not made any money from it and has put a lot of money into yeah. it. So I think it's my vibe on Isolate is that it was actually a really great thing to do and it never it was never positioning itself as the equivalent of, say, a delivered live, which was super mm. high quality um, you know, production values and people had to buy tickets to it. This was, you know, Isolate was like Filming it on your phone and your and your lounge room wherever yeah. you could. Well, that's what I that's what I loved about it. I loved that um, you know, especially you know, if you do compare it to something like Delivered, which is yeah, sort of basically like a, a well produced uh, TV show. Um, I loved the isolated thing of just how um, uh, how you would just go into the houses or whatever of everybody, yeah. and it was so like yeah. Intimate. I mean, you talk about access. I mean. It was super intimate, and every every um, every artist kind of um, uh, kind of did it their own kind of way. Um, yeah, exactly. They presented themselves in their own unique way. Some people, you know, decorated their rooms, and some people put a lot of um, effort into like the audio stuff. Some people made it like really loose, um, and it was just every performance was so different. Um, uh, yeah, I I absolutely loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was great. Um, I'd love to see it continue. Um, I don't know if it's every week, but um, my, but I'd love to see it continue. Maybe they could do it like every month. Yeah, I mean, doing it every week is like it's because the the bills were so massive as well. It's like you, you yeah, literally yeah. in Australia, we don't have a massive, we don't have an enormous population. You're going to run out of of yeah. like artists to perform pretty quickly, I reckon. Um, Eleanor uh, wrote a bunch of other stuff. She's got tickets to lots and lots of shows, and she's uh, obviously kind of waiting for for all those uh, to eventuate. Um, Good on you, Eleanor. P.S. Have seen you a number of times and love your music and dry sense of humour. Also saw you as lead singer of Jebediah for the first time in November. Was interesting, (laughs) but I prefer Thoughtful Bob. No offence. Interesting. Looking forward it's yeah, never was, interesting's never a word you want to hear associated with <laughs> anything really is it Look, looking forward to supporting you and josh when you get back out there t- to perform and we'll do my best to support you both in the meantime as well as other aussie artists thank you eleanor that was lovely um, eleanor now kev just a hot tip 
Um, yep. That was an absolutely lovely email, but maybe s- select one that has a question in, involved in okay. it. Okay. Well, I haven't proofread them, but here we go. This ah, one's a bit short. Okay, this is from Kirsty. Uh, this is shorter, um, which is a good start. Okay. <clears throat> hey, Kev. Love your stuff. Love the podcast. Love Pikey. And I'm lo- loving hearing your perspectives of this crazy time. Was just listening to your last COVID special and noted that you said something along the lines of Bob Evans has these dates booked for later in the year. Just wondering if you feel like you're a different person as Bob compared to when you are being Kevin or in mm. Jebs. Also recently watched the Before Too Long Paul Kelly special again. What a lineup. Any cool stories? Um, <clears throat> um, so what was the first question? Uh, bu- uh, just wondering if you feel like you're a different person as Bob. I definitely feel like a different person when I'm Bob, but it's but in a weird way, I feel more myself when I'm Bob. That has been probably, of all the things that have... Uh, of all the things about doing this Bob Evans thing since I started at 17, or no longer, 20 years ago, 17 years since the first record came out, anyway, um, probably the most profound bit of self-discovery that it has kind of uh, illuminated is that um, by being Bob, I actually can feel more myself. And a excellent um, journalist... Uh, when I was doing an interview um, with him, and I will remember his name, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he he said, uh, told me about the um, Oscar Wilde quote that that goes something along the lines of, and you know, apologies to the you know uh, Oscar Wilde fans listening to this who or, or the nameless journalist or the nameless journalist um, that you can't remember as well. <laughs> But um, it goes something along the lines of give a man a mask and he will reveal his true self. Something mm. like that. Um, and Michael Dwyer. Thank you, Michael Dwyer, uh, for that. Um, and, yes, I thought that was just such an excellent um, uh, observation and, and, and very true, very true. It certainly, um, I, I certainly feel very different when I do Bob Evans gigs to when I do Jebediah gigs. They are, they are both me but they're different aspects of my character. But you, um, but you feel that the Bob's the Bob persona is more aligned to your sort of normal, authentic self that you are when you're just hanging out at home and stuff like that. I, th- I think so because with Jebediah, like I'm very, I very, I've always felt very much one part of four. So Jebediah has never been the Kevin Mitchell show. Um, and even when I'm writing lyrics with Jebediah, I always write them from a sort of group uh, perspective. Um, it's very rare. They've, they've obviously, over the years, um, there have been Jebediah songs that have been, you know, written solely from, my, you know, just as very personal songs. But like most Harpoon. of the time... Maybe like Harpoon, mate. Like Harpoon <laughs> is, would definitely be one. Um but the vast majority of Jebediah songs, I'm sort of drawing on a collective conscious, you know, when I yeah. write the lyrics. Um, I'm, I feel like the lyrics need to represent all of us, not just me. Um, whereas with Bob Evans, it can, totally indul- it can be totally self-indulgent. Um, all right, sorry. Uh, let's get to another one, see if there's... We need a question for... We need somebody to ask Josh a question so I can think about a Paul Kelly story. <laughs> um, okay, Sarah. Hi, Kevin, Josh. I'll start by lavishing compliments on you both in the hope that you'll read this out. Well, it worked. 
Love both your work. Love the podcast. Can't get enough Pike and Bob. I'm seeking your opinions. Oh, I've sensed a question coming, Josh. Yeah. I'm seeking your opinions on the best way to play music at home. Most of the time I play music from my phone using a Bluetooth speaker. What do you guys do at home when you're out of your home studios and don't have access to professional equipment when you just want to listen to music? Um, I just... I Most of the time when I listen to music is when I'm in my little garage, which is where I do all my writing and demoing and stuff. And I just plug my laptop into my speakers and um and just listen to spotify or records on my in my library i used to listen to a lot of music when i was driving in my car but these days i listen to podcasts so i've kind of stopped doing that um what about you josh i remember going around to your place and you uh, had recently acquired some um uh, some Bluetooth speakers that you were very proud of. Well, there you had, had all, s- several of them around the house, and you is, were like, "Yeah, showing gonna, them off to me." This is going to sound <laughs> like um, massive, massive brand endorsement, and I, and I guess it is. And I should say that I did get these speakers for free, so it actually completely is. <laughs> but I guess yeah, that's it why. Totally they, is. Well, yeah. that's why they give you free speakers, right? So you can talk them up. Anyway, I use sure. Sonos. I have Sonos. I have a whole Sonos system at my house, so. You know, Sonos is a series of of um, speakers that connect to your Wi-Fi in your house, and then you have the app on your phone, and it's you load all your music accounts, so Spotify, but also Audible or whatever. You know, iTunes, Apple Music. It's all controlled from this one app on your phone, and I actually also run my TV through it. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, so and you can select different music for different rooms. So we have them in like the my kids' room, in the in the sort of That's family cool. room, in TV yeah. room. I got it in the studio. Um, so it means you know the kids can be listening to Harry Potter audiobook while we're listening to Rage Against the Machine in the in the kitchen, um, which is you know <laughs> what we do because we're just like awesome nineties <laughs> awesome people. Because you're always fighting the power. Yeah, we're just always fighting the power. Um, but it is it's that's what i do it's really good you just and it's 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 been pretty pretty idiot proof so far so yeah there you go Bit um, of a, finally I, the sonos got their uh, got their brand endorsement i got it for. i hope it was worth it <laughs> I, got, I, I also uh, acquired a, a a record player i went years without a record player and then only a couple of maybe three years ago finally got around to like buying a new record player that worked and setting that up and and have been really loving listening to vinyl records again and starting to buy them again and um, my collection is still very humble but um i do get a lot of enjoyment out of that sarah goes on to write i'm asking because i'm wondering what kind of setup i need when i want to get a good sound quality well josh has kind of pointed you in the direction there i bought the beatles remastered white album cd when i was at the abbey road studio shop in london a couple of years ago but then later i realized that we don't have a cd player anymore Yes. I like to have a hard copy of special albums. Yes, I am the same. If, I, there, if there's an album, the and that's what I love about the vinyl, about collecting vinyl is, um, for me, like, when a, if there's an album that has really kind of been life-changing or it's been really influential or it's just one of those kind of desert island records that I can't live without, I need to buy I need to own it on vinyl. That's funny. That's kind I of just... like... I'm the opposite. Like I, I also have a, a, a vinyl player here, and I went to to a great deal of effort to to figure out a system whereby I could I could have my uh, LP player set up, but then stream it to my Sonos speakers, which which I figured out how to do and everything. And I never ever use it. And I actually find now that even when like emerging artists or whatever, when I'm playing gigs and people want to you know people want to give you CDs to to um 
you know, to try and sure, promote their yeah. music to you, get a gig yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I just yeah. can't, I, like, I feel terrible taking it from them now because I, I know I'm not going to listen to it. I don't have a CD player at home. I listen to everything digitally. I, I haven't bought a physical CD in a long time. I, no, I love no. the look of vinyl. And when I do listen to vinyl, I, I really do value that experience. I can see that it's this visceral thing and it makes mm. you pay attention because you have to get up and change it and all that. But most of the time, I, I just can't be fucked with that shit. I just want to like put it on, on, control it from my phone and be able to skip tracks and you know what I mean? Yeah. And also like just stuff. I, like at this point in my life and particularly during this period, um, you know, being at home so much, I think for the next period of my life, I want to just get rid of more and more stuff. You know, I don't, right. I don't want stuff anymore. I don't want stuff around in my, you know what they say, uncluttered, uncluttered space, uncluttered mind. And that's, that's kind of, you got to get all, uh, what's, who was the famous person that with all the, get, you know, throw out anything that doesn't bring you joy. Mary Kondo. Oh name? yeah. Mary yes. Kondo? She had the TV show on Netflix. Yeah. 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 Vinyl for me is like, it's like self-love. I, when I put on vinyl, it's always I'm always on my own in the garage and just putting on like a really special record on vinyl and lining it up and hearing the crackle and the yeah. big bass, you know, the bass that you get. It, it's it's it is just like it's like self care. It's like special alone time. Yeah, no, me, I get gosh. it. I I get that. And, <laughs> and you know, definitely when I was a kid, um, you know, my family had before before we all started getting CDs. I mean, it feels fucking ridiculous that we lived in a time before CDs, but. But anyway, you know, now that that is a redundant technology as well. But I remember being a kid and we had one LP player and one stereo system in the house. So you had you had to kind of book time in to go and yeah. listen to a record. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I had the most formative seminal times of my young childhood into early teens, um, listening to vinyl, listening to my parents' record collection. And that, that process of discovery of like digging through your parents' record collection, that's, that's definitely something that I hugely valued and i do wonder mm. like what sort of you know what my kids version of that will be what sure. will it be what will it be yeah i don't how, i don't know i mean i guess it's like ex- exploring that, playlists or or having you know curated playlists well so i mean i guess one thing that we've done is we've created playlists for each of our kids that's true in spotify that um it's just it's they not, can listen it doesn't to. have it doesn't uh, have the same it's romance to it but um but the, th- the thing is like now you know kids are growing up in a world and it's something that when i was a kid growing up and i'm sure you'd feel the same way i mean this it was the, it would be the kind of thing, it was like dreams would have been made of it i can't imagine how incredible it would have been as a kid to be able to go onto a computer and literally just find any music from any year it was all at my fingertips and i could just bring it up and listen to it like there was so much of a journey of discovery that used to occur with finding music. And like you say, you know, if it was your parents' record collection or maybe it was a CD that your brother or your sister mm. had and like you or, or maybe it was going to your local stores and just like f- going through CDs and vinyl, going to a listening station, listening to it for your border. I mean, there was such a journey of discovery that that used to just be part of the course is what you used to do to find out about stuff. And now... Everything is just at your fingertips. Like, but it, but you know, it's funny. Like, Josh, I, like, like this, Josh. Oh, like, like this? Like that. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I mean, like, and I would have, it, I mean, it still blows my mind today that that, that is even a reality. I, I just think as a kid, having that at my fingertips, it would have, it would have just 
well, I guess, you know, what's normal is what's normal. But well, that's, that's the thing. I think, like, my kids are bringing home information and, like, trends and songs that they're hearing at school from other people that they want to pursue, um, you know, like television shows or movies. Um, I mean, I, I was so out of the loop. I'd never even heard the song Old Town Road. And then my oh, youngest wow. kid brought that song home from school just singing the chorus. And he was like, can you track down this song for me? And he sang the chorus to me. And I had to, like google the lyrics and that is pretty much the same as when you used to go into a record store and say i heard this song once on triple j it went like this it was at eleven thirty on a saturday night um and then you sing it yeah. to the to the you know so it's kind of like it, it, the kids you know kids are adventurers by nature so they're always going to be you know trying to find new stuff that floats their boats because they don't know shit man they don't know anything <laughs> 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 Sorry, kids. <laughs> so, so Sarah, could you just um, so uh, okay? So I'm uh, she's saying I'm asking because I'm looking at JP's. That's Josh Pike uh, pre-order bundles, wondering what to buy. The vinyl looks so oh. good, but I like the convenience of being able to skip straight to the track you want on a CD. Uh, well, this is there. Therein lies the, uh, the the great divide between vinyl and CD. Here's a nice option for you. Was it Sarah? Is it Sarah? Sarah, yes. So here's a good option for you, Sarah, and this is why I included this in the bundles. This time I've included a beautiful uh, lyric book because yeah, that's great. I yeah. know that I'm a person that just listens to music digitally now, but I still love the love the process of lying down on the mm. couch and listening to music and reading the lyrics and really drifting away with the music. That's that's an experience that that I still enjoy, um, which is kind of resembles that whole vinyl experience that I had when I was a kid. So, yeah, I made this beautiful lyric book. It's like a cloth-bound, you know, debossed cover. It's got these beautiful illustrations done by Jeff and James. Um, and so if you, if you don't want to, you know, if you want to have the experience of being able to skip through tracks but also lying back with a, with a tactile thing and, and reading lyrics, then I would say stream it but read the lyric, get the lyric book bundle. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to do, you know, but, you know, I, pr- I appreciate anything that you would purchase of mine. But it sounds to me like that's that that's a bundle for you. Do um do people still because I remember it was a thing right up until the last album I put out anyway. Um, when you released uh, with your vinyl record, you would put in like download a digital card. download card. Mm. Do people is that still a thing or it is now with yeah. streaming? There's there's yeah, it I is think still a thing. It is yeah. We're still doing a download card with the lyric book. Well, that's great. That's um, what I do, man. That's yeah. that's what I do. Skip. I mean, look. You know, obviously, Josh would like you to buy the vinyl, the CD, the T-shirt, the the uh, the book, the the steak knives. Um, but for me personally, as a consumer, I love that. I'm like, get the vinyl, digital download. That's both bases covered for me. Yeah, I'm and happy, I think like CDs. I'm I'm a bit like, we don't need any more plastic in the world as well. Not yeah. not trying to shame anybody into not buying CDs for sure, um, especially because it's one of the things that I sell to make a living. But I, <laughs> I just think, you know, like there's enough plastic in the ocean to create massive islands. So maybe we don't need any more CDs, especially when nobody's even making CD players anymore. Um, thanks for the COVID podcast, guys. I'm hanging out for JP's rescheduled tour later this year. Can't wait for the release of Rome. Great album title. By the way, I love the significance and also the reference to one of my favourite places, Sarah from Perth. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. That's for awesome. Writing in. Um, okay, who we got here? Emily. Um, hey, Kev, really stoked that Good Evans is back up and running. Really, 
Really enjoying your chats with Josh. Just wanted to say thank you so much for recommending the album Snow Pine by Charlie Collins. Oh. Two towers, you and me, we stand so strong and tall. Lift our heads above the rest, higher than them all. So broken, you and me, with wounds we cannot feel. Hearts like stone cold, jagged rock, and souls that never heal. playing it non-stop this week and it is really getting under my skin it's always wonderful to discover new musical treasures amen hope to keep hearing you on the airwaves regularly uh, these are the airwaves um i guess like i guess they are um <laughs> <laughs> until such time as we can come see you live again um you, uh, you, you're one of my all-time favorite live performers uh best of all <laughs> I was just wondering, as I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, is this a bitch that I should read out or should I just not? Um, <laughs> best vibes, Emily. Thank you so much, Emily. And I'm really glad that um, you're getting into the Charlie Collins record. That's really cool. Um, it's a great record. I love the production on that record as well, um, as well as the songs, obviously. Um, just a, uh, yeah, just a, just a cracking album. Cracking album. Cracking um, album, mate. All right. What's next? Uh, Okay, one more. We'll do one more. Um, Helena, Helena or Helena. Um, apologies if I've pronounced that wrong. Um, oh, hang on. Oh, sorry. I'm just trying to uh, navigate my email. Okay. Uh, a, so, yes, Helena. A quick note to let you know how thrilled I am to be having regular Bobcast back. Thanks. I asked you a while back after a show in Adelaide at the Gov what was... Oh, I should definitely proofread these because as I'm reading them, I mean, I, I've got no idea what's... What, these conversations could bring up. I asked you a while back after a show in Adelaide at the Gov what was happening to Bobcast and you said you had been really busy, which I totally understand. I'm just glad it's back. An idea. Good. I love ideas. Are we ready? Yeah. I would absolutely pay. Okay. I'm liking, I'm yeah. liking it so I'm far. With you. So I'm far, with you. so yeah. good. So far, so good. Love this. I would absolutely pay to see you do a 30-minute show online. Okay. Maybe Josh Pike could be involved and you could do a Q&A or request. Um, well, I guess what that's suggesting is a, it's the kind of thing that you've been doing, but just monetizing it um, with mm. the chats with mates thing. But um, yeah. I guess, you, okay, so look, I guess what you're suggesting, and, and look, it has, of course, crossed my mind, although it crossed my mind in the early days of doing like a live on stage <laughs> version of the podcast. Mm. Um 
Uh, Atash is a pic of how I have repurposed some of your merch while working at home. Oh, okay. So she's turned one of my stubby holders, merch items, into a uh, pencil and holder and stationary holder. Oh, that's very so nice. Into a state. Very, very good. Um, um, I think the idea of doing the streaming concert that's, you know, a paid thing, not through a, an established platform is really, is, is a bit tricky. Um, I don't know if you, if you looked into it. Um, I haven't, no. Well, it's just like, it's quite hard to, you'd have, you have to set up a ticketing system uh, and you have to set up some kind of exclusivity so that the people that are paying can come in and see this thing. So there was talk, I think some people were doing stuff on Zoom because you could provide a password for a Zoom meeting to do a, and then, but right. then they had to set up some kind of payment system. Um, but there's Patreon, what about Patreon? Well, Patreon's more of a subscription-based thing. So that's that's like a platform where, um, you know, your core fan base can pay a monthly subscription. And they get exclusive content like. Exclusive content, all that kind of stuff. Which, which again, yeah. like, you know, it sort of goes back to the old-fashioned notion of, a, of an actual patron where, you, you know, all, all the great artists of the Renaissance had um, rich people funding their existences so they could produce great art. And that's, that's you know, w- when we entered the, the capitalist model of music making, all that went out the window and, and now we don't even really have adequate arts funding from the government, let alone from patrons. So, you know, that's a model that people are experimenting with as well, the Patreon thing. I, I personally feel uncomfortable with that with that model. How do you, like, what does your instinct say about that, that kind of model, Kev? Yeah, well, I guess my instinct is resistant to it. but mm. um, Maybe we're just but, old you know, school, man. Well, that's true. And I also think, like, I don't know, maybe it's all about just tr- taking something and just molding it and shaping it and making it work in a way that's, um, you know, holds true to your, you know, your values or your attitudes about that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, I I mean, the thing about Patreon that puts me off the most isn't so much the, the idea of people subscribing and getting... Ex- exclusive content it's the re- it's then the responsibility of yeah. workload <laughs> yeah no <laughs> it's like having to constantly produce exclusive content for people like that's the that's the bit that scares me the most about that it's just like oh you know um yeah to, like trying to make that work um in a way that was sustainable and achievable and, and of value still as giving well, value yeah. yeah still giving value to people yeah that'd be that'd be the challenge so yeah i mean i but uh, heaps of um, comedians. I think Sarah McLeod actually. Sarah McLeod did it. Yeah, it's it's an um, interesting model. But you I don't I, see I feel it like many. It's... You don't see it with musicians much, but you see it a lot with like uh, comedians and yeah. So um, comedians, podcasters. Um, you know, yeah. Famously, um, Amanda. Oh gosh, I'm going to forget her name now. From um, Dresden Dolls. What's what's the artist's name? Amanda Palmer. Amanda Palmer is the, fa- the the one that really popularized Patreon. And, you know, she had a whole book called um, something like the, the Art of Asking or something like that, which was all about that kind of subscription model. And she's a big advocate for it. And she, you know, when she goes on tour, even though she's like a highly successful artist um, married to a highly successful author, she still does the the whole thing of staying on people's couches and stuff like that around the world. Wow. 
Um, and that's kind of her whole ethos. So that's very much a, a way of life and a kind of that's it's almost part of her art form is that well, see, that's deep the, connection. Yeah, and so and that's kind of the thing is like if you can shape it or like mold it into something that um, that represents you as mm. you want to be represented, then I think it's really cool. In yeah. some ways, it kind of reminds me of like uh, someone like your mate Passenger. And even when he was like getting really, really massive, he still was doing the busking. The, um, the busking gigs mm. all around the world because it it had become so much a part of his kind of character yeah. and yeah. and how he chose to represent himself that he didn't. So I think that you know, you, so for a lot of people, it, that idea too, busking or whatever, would seem ludicrous when you're selling out thousand seat, you know, venues and stuff. But um, but I think yeah, if you can make it. If you can make it work for yourself, then yeah, why not? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think he he did the stuff where he'd busk and he'd give any donations that people made, you know, and they ended up being thousands and thousands of dollars in these in these massive kind of you know quadrangles and and court you know uh, you know uh, paved areas around the cities uh, around the world, and people would come from miles around to see these free shows, and they'd chuck heaps of money into his busking massive guitar it would have been have to have been a fucking huge guitar case to catch all the money he probably he probably started carrying his guitar around in like a big uh, double bass case yeah, or yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but he gave all that money to charity so he you know he made that work for him um and it was still a way to connect with audiences and you know what i, I liked it when he did that because it was, you know there is a bit of a, a, a like conventional wisdom that would say you don't cannibalize your own show you don't you don't announce a busking show at the same time as you were announcing a ticketed show, but it never affected his ticket sales. And it's no. because people, you know, people give back to artists that give a lot out, I think. And uh, that's yeah. a, it's a good lesson to remember as an artist. That conventional wisdom would probably would ring true for the vast majority of artists. But, you know, I think that's just, yeah, it's an example of how there are always exceptions. And if it's in keeping with, you know who your authenticity as an artist then mm. Mm. then those conventions suddenly don't hold as much kind of weight as absolutely absolutely mm. absolutely all right mate well look it's been uh it's been over an hour so um well, we should probably wrap this up that's well. uh <clears throat> all the uh all the mail that i've starred anyway um thank you so much to everybody who's written in um hope everybody's doing all right out there um I hope that uh, people are uh, uh, hanging in there and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And if there's any uh, aspects of normalcy that are starting to creep back into your lives, and I hope that's giving you some relief um, and some joy and, uh, I guess, uh, onwards and upwards. eh? (laughs) (laughs) Swings and roundabouts, buddy. Swings and roundabouts. (laughs) So what's next for you, Joshy? Uh, I am currently still releasing music, so I think it's next week or the week. What's the date? Yeah, next the end of next week. I'm releasing another track, which I'm really excited about. Um, right. Got a really fucking cool film clip for this one, which was uh, that's that's a whole other story. Let me tell you about that one next next month. But and the film clip will have been All released right. by then. We can have a chat about that because there was a bit of a story behind that. It's been funny actually because as the timing of these uh, chats have coincided with it. A new song release. So now uh, the latest one's Home, right? The latest one is Home, which has been going great guns, thanks to everybody out there. Um, this next one is is called Don't Let It Wait. And it's funny, man. It's like every song... I wrote these songs 
two years ago, you know, and it's they all seem completely prescient to the to the times that we're going through during its release, yeah. which is just bizarre, awesome. but kind of cool. All right, well, uh, is it okay if I play? Hopefully, if we go out with uh, home from oh, start please. to finish. Thank you so I'm not much. Not going to get into trouble from your record company. <laughs> I'll clear it. I'll clear it with the men. Don't worry about it. <laughs> they, don't, they won't have any idea anyway. No. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Well, take care, mate. And you too. Um, thanks a lot for doing this again. And no um, yeah, let's. Should we check in again in a month? And um, then we'll be into July. And who knows? Maybe people. Maybe there'll be gigs happening again by then. Who knows? It's a date. All it's right, a date. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Home. Find the patch of sun Listen to them talking about the days to come Like they know something of the way those days are gonna run Find a place to lie Feel the earth, it's spinning underneath you We are all held tight to gravity We are all bound to collide So think of me sometimes